0: I'm not sure how many times I've heard that, like in marketing. Uh, I was listening to a radio station a couple of weeks ago, and, and that was their <laughs> like mantra, be part of the movement. And, and it's not bad language. The challenge for me is using it rightly. Anybody ever heard that message, be part of the movement? I'm sure. I mean, that's kind of out there in, in marketing world. The challenge for me is, is I, I really believe that there's just but one movement. God started it. He kickstarted it with Jesus 2,000 years ago. A movement of Jesus who came to set captives free. A movement of love that liberates people. A movement called the kingdom of God. There's really but one movement in the world that really matters. You could be a part of other movements, but this is the only movement that I know of that really transforms and changes people's lives for all of eternity. It's a movement where God changes your life and he changes the lives of people around you. So as we conclude our series this morning on a great awakening, it is important that we awaken to this movement, a movement of the kingdom of God, a movement of God where we bring light to dark places. We talked about that with the gospel, awakening to the gospel, that where there's despair, we bring hope, that where there's unbelief, we bring faith, that where there's hatred, we bring love, that where there's bitterness, we bring forgiveness, where there's sickness, we offer healing, where there's disunity, We bring reconciliation. You see, the church was made for movement. It's the final declaration Jesus gives to the disciples in in a book called Acts. Here's what Jesus tells the disciples as recorded. It says to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And there's a reason for that power. The reason for that power is, he says, because then you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, sharing the good news that I came to set them free. Where? From Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God kick-started a movement 2,000 years ago. It's a movement that's still going today. Maybe in some parts of the world stronger than others, but that's the movement that we're invited to be a part of. And so we kick off this series on a great awakening with the understanding that we can awaken to a new beginning, that, that what God does as he works through the ages, is he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he likes to do new things because he is the creator, and creatives love to do new things. So he says, don't just idolize past methods, but instead, go with where I'm going and be a part of the new thing I'm doing, that we can awaken to a new beginning. And I'll tell you, the message today is meant to explain what that new beginning looks like. So what my goal is this morning is really just to summarize a bit of what we've already talked about And then to explain, and here's also where we're going. I'll tell you, one of the concerns I had as I was putting this message together is that I'd get in the way. Uh, So I'm not going to be extremely passionate, uh, high energy. I really just mean to explain what it is we're going after. Because in the end, either the Holy Spirit does it in your heart or it doesn't happen at all. Either it's God doing it or it's nothing. Because what could be a flash in a pan moment means nothing. It's what are you going to do? next year, and the next, and five years down the road. That's a work of the Lord in your heart, and that's what I've been praying and asking God for today. Lord, really bring about an awakening. That means that we're now living awake, and that's it. And that looks different than walking around, sleepwalking. So we awaken to a new beginning. We also talked about, as part of that, as we awaken to the new beginning, you are meant to be set free by Jesus. That's the gospel. The gospel is Jesus came to set you free. And then we have this ongoing opportunity that we, what we see in the kingdom of God, you'll see this in one of the coming articles, because it's interesting to try to explain this, that when King Jesus came, he was crowned king on the cross, he broke the power of sin, death, and the devil. But we know it's still here on some degree. So the kingdom came, but the kingdom is also coming, and the kingdom will come. That's why we wait for the day that Jesus comes again, because he's going to come in finality, and that's it. Everything is Right. But he came, when he came, he started to break the bonds of all those things so then we can enter into a place of healing in Jesus. And if you haven't found that, may you press into that because maybe the kingdom didn't come today in your heart, but at the same time, as you go pray with somebody in a prayer team and God is bringing breakthrough in your life, maybe the kingdom is still coming. We don't know the timing on things sometimes, but I can tell you that the kingdom has come, it is coming, and it will come. We just need to press in. So we're afforded healing. But then as part of that, we also know that we've all been given gifts. As you make a decision to follow Jesus, Jesus gives you a special gift, and he does not give you that gift so you can look at it on a shelf and say, well, that looks pretty. No! He gives you that gift to open it up, to use it for yourself and for the sake of everybody else in this room this morning. That gift is for you, and that gift is for others, and we need to use those gifts. But then part of that is understanding why do we need to use those gifts? Because we, we are living in God's story. We're invited to live in that story, so much better than any story that we could try to make up on our own, and, and that's what the gospel is, and so that we are living in this gospel story of Jesus coming to set us free and wanting to set others free too, and he's making us in the image of Christ to make that happen. The Holy Spirit does that work in us, and how did he, how did he do that? He models for us that the gospel comes by way of us living in mentoring-like relationships with others that, that we're poured into, but also for the sake of pouring into others, and here's what I have found. As you do that, I've been reading a book about a a memoir of a pastor, and and what I like what he expressed in there, he said, I never wanted to become a pastor, but then I found that the Lord wanted me to be a pastor, and I liked being a pastor. And what he's actually explaining as he's serving as the pastor is he's like, I was becoming a pastor. That's actually what it is. Because some of you this morning, as I get into the content today, you're going to say, well, I'm not ready to be a part of God's movement, to to be a part of what he's doing. And God would say, of course you're not, but I'll make you ready. That's what God does in your hearts and he does it in our lives. So I'm not really the pastor of Connection Point Church. I'm just becoming the pastor. So in case I've disappointed you, now you know why. (laughs) But that's for all of us. Our Connect Group leaders, they're really not Connect Group leaders. They're becoming Connect Group leaders. Wherever you find yourself this morning, This is what we're becoming, so may we be okay with that, that we enter into this mentoring space of holding one another accountable, that that we're built up in the kingdom so we can live well in the kingdom, but you need others to do that. You cannot live and advance the kingdom of God on your own. It doesn't work. Enemy picks you off, and then you're done. You've got to have brothers and sisters in the faith journeying with you, and you've got to be journeying with them too because you're meant to be a part of their support system. So how are we doing there? And today what we're going to do is we put all these things together is that we know the church is made for movement. We just saw it. We just read it in Acts. And we're going to get into Acts next week. And here's what you find in Acts. Basically that verse unfolds in Acts. That what we find is the kingdom did go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and it's still going. Because when they defined ends of the earth in that day, it didn't include North America, but here we sit. It's still moving. And it's meant to move still. So then the question is, how are we part of that? How do we join God's movement? And you actually already have most of the answers. We've been talking about it. That the first thing we find is we join God's movement by living whole. And that's what we want for every one of us because that's what Jesus came to do. That we can enter into a space of living whole. We partner with the Holy Spirit who's interceding for us. It says in Romans, he's interceding for you right now. You know why I'm confident that you can hear from the Lord? Because right now you have a Holy Spirit intercessor. More important than me praying for you is the Holy Spirit right now is interceding for you. And so you can be made whole because the Holy Spirit partners in the work that we do that you can experience wholeness. That's what we want for you because the culture we live in, and I would say this, the culture that the world has always been in has wreaked habits, havoc upon our lives. But then we have to enter into a space where we allow the Holy Spirit to make us whole, to bring that about in our lives. And I will say this, going back to the kingdom, sometimes that's Instantaneous. And I love those testimonies and stories, but sometimes it's an ongoing work. And I'll say, usually it's both. In a moment, you're made right, but it's also this ongoing work that we see. Are we willing to enter into that space? So, next year, how do we plan to go after that? We've already shared. We want to do a church wide connect group series on emotionally healthy spirituality. Why? Because this is a vehicle we can use to kind of help us all journey together and arrive at some level of wholeness that the Lord would have for us. And more than explaining more of that content, because we've talked through that a little bit, I just felt like it'd be worthwhile because we've had some individuals going through that content this last year. It's been great to hear the testimonies of how God is using that to just really highlight some things in people's lives through the Holy Spirit to say, this is here, and I'd love to to deal with it. And so I've asked uh, a couple of the leaders that are going through right now to just share with you what God's been doing in their life because we're preparing leaders right now to be able to lead those groups next year. So could you welcome Ed and Vicki Young as they come and they're gonna share this morning. Thank you. <laughs>
1: I think Ed's going first. Well hello there <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, what this class has done for me is it's exposed to so many things that I need to work on. And what the class will do is help you break through walls that you never thought you could break through, but they, they give you plenty of instruction and ways of doing this, mm-hmm. and uh, the people are just wonderful, and it is a fun class. When I first started, I thought, okay, I'll go, you know, it's, it's all right, you know, but now it's become, it's becoming a part of me, and it makes me a better, it's going to make me a better leader. I never considered myself a leader anyway, but uh, it's but you're becoming ma- a leader. It's, it's making it's me one, a- it is, <laughs> Yeah. whether I like it or not. <laughs> I'm standing up here, ain't I? So uh, here's the better hat. Thank you. (laughs) I'm really proud of this guy. He has stepped out of uh, a box he's been in for some time and I'm just really proud of him. Um, We're doing this together, which is awesome. But I want to give you a little bit of background. Um, We came to this church two years ago, and at that time, the Lord was really speaking to my heart, and he said, Vicki, I want you to put put aside everything that you've been, everything that you are, everything that you've learned, everything that you've taught. I want you to put that aside because I have new things to show you. Hmm. And so as we started taking this class, we got the books, and I started looking through it, and I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I've seen this, and the Lord said, what did I tell you? put it aside. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And you cannot, God took me to a place that I didn't even know was there in me. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to heal that. Mm -hmm. And he wanted me to take responsibility for my part and Mm -hmm. repent of that so he could go forward, forgive me, and then we can go forward for Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of us, we are... You know, Ed and I are doing it together. We've never done it together before. And um, but it's it's so exciting to me. And some of you out there may think, Well, you know, I don't have anybody to go through it. Yes, you do. You have the church. Amen. And you know, that's where we're going. The mm. church. God wants us whole Amen. and he wants us together in unity so we can go forward for him. That's good. So
0: thank you, Vicky. Thanks, Ed. Have a good microphone. Oh, that's So the starting point is understanding, as we talk about joining God's kingdom, you might say, well, I'm just, I'm not qualified, and the good news is none of us are, but the great news is he'll qualify you, and we want to enter into that space together as as we take a look at what it looks like to join God's movement by living whole, but then we also want to take a look at how we join God's movement by living like Jesus, which is what I shared last week, that we can join God's movement by living like Jesus. I talked about uh, last week, just to summarize a bit of those thoughts, how Jesus is not only our Savior and Lord, but he's also our model for Christian living. He's our model. Paul, a follower of Jesus, he writes in a book called Philippians that Jesus emptied himself of his divine attributes. We also find in in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus, um, he grew in wisdom and understanding. So what this shows us is that Jesus didn't hold on to his divine power, but did what he did because of Holy Spirit empowerment— spiritual disciplines, and spiritual gifts. And that should be great news for us today. But as I shared that last week, I also want to help us understand that Jesus was, as I, as I share that, he was the perfect man. So he was the perfect apostle. He was the perfect evangelist. He was the perfect pastor. He was the, the perfect teacher. That he was the perfect prophet. So as I share those things, I also want us to understand he's the perfect one of all of those things so that we can see clearly what that should look like. But don't let that discourage us this morning. So although no one of us in this room carries all five of those gifts in perfect form, the great joy is in knowing as you sit among these people in this congregation this morning, we collectively as a body of Christ have all of those things. So it's not that we individually can do this, it's that we collectively can represent Jesus to our community. But this is why what Paul writes about in Ephesians chapter 4, as I shared before, as we use these gifts together, here's what the result is. That we can move rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to Jesus as fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. That's wonderful. So as we take a look at who Jesus is, the joy for us is in knowing how do we live like him? We go after Holy Spirit empowerment. We engage in spiritual disciplines, abiding daily. Again, those are in your seat back. And then we activate spiritual gifts as we do those things, we get to look a lot like Jesus. And when we shine Jesus, the world is changed. It just is. So how are we going to do that here at Connection Point Church? We've already talked about, uh, as we get into the fall with uh, the emotionally healthy spirituality, I'll tell you, how does that help make us whole? All that uh, Scazzaro is writing about, really, is helping us to abide daily. That's really about it. He's just bringing us back to that core value of we have to spend time with the Lord and the Holy Spirit so that he can do the work that he wants to do in our lives. So we're gonna continue to reinforce spiritual disciplines. Uh, We're gonna next week kick off our series on Acts. And as we get into Acts, within a couple of weeks later, we'll talk about Holy Spirit empowerment. And if you were here last year for our Naturally Supernatural series, we had a, a Naturally Supernatural event on a Wednesday night. Dr. Doug Ose, he was my seminary advisor at Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. He is going to come on a Sunday morning, March 22nd, just to talk through what's the value of seeking God's Holy Spirit empowerment in our lives. So you're not going to want to miss that day. So we want you to be Holy Spirit empowered. We want you engaging in spiritual disciplines. And as we get into the fall, not only will we get into Acts, but we'll get into some other series as well. And we want to help you activate your spiritual gifts, to know what the gift is, and then to figure out how to use it. So we want to collectively seek Holy Spirit empowerment, engage in spiritual disciplines, and see spiritual gifts activated so that we can represent Jesus well. We know we can do that. And after we've done that this next year, then as we get into the fall of 2021, as I shared last week, we want to launch Live Jesus Mentoring. Centered around God's Word, in prayer, journeying together with smaller groups of people that every week you check in and say, how did it go living like Jesus this week? And after nine months of spending time in God's Word, of memorizing Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, how much more can we look like Jesus? We're not in a hurry, but we want to be intentional to live whole and live Jesus. In fact, we join God's movement by doing those things. But we're also going to be a part of God's movement by living sent. We can be a part of God's movement by living sent. So we live whole, we live Jesus, and we live sent. So it was our desire uh, last fall to, to do a trial run with everyday disciple maker groups. So we just grabbed 50 people to ask us, hey, could you do this with us so we can figure out how do we mobilize a whole congregation and everyday disciple making? And it was our heart to do that because we wanted to train them in principles called DMM, which is disciple making movements. And the reason for that is because what we know today is there's over 650 documented disciple making movements in the world today. And you think, well, 650, what's the big deal? Well, the average size of those movements is 75,000 believers. That's a big church, folks. That's a lot of people. In fact, what you, when you look at across 650 movements, it comprises 53.4 million people today. That's a lot of believers, yes. and that happens because the church was made for movement. These are multiplying churches, disciples who make disciples, and and so then you look at well, what's the definition of a disciple making movement? It's exactly that that it's obedience based discipleship that sees disciples reproducing disciples, leaders reproducing leaders churches reproducing churches, and movements reproducing movements. So then how do we enter into a space where we're ready to be a disciple-making movement, to join God's movement? What they have found as they look at these 650 movements around the world is that they have a couple of things in common, and that there are seven things that they have in common that that what they call seven sails, because they raise these sails knowing in the end we don't start movements, because movements are God's. But what we can do is raise sails so that when the wind of the Holy Spirit blows, we're ready to catch it. Wouldn't that be good? And we want to raise all seven. So here are those seven sails. This is what we've been working toward. The first sail is that we focus on God's Word. You focus on God's Word. That's foundational. You know, I've shared on several occasions, if it's in here, we want it in here. And if it's not in here, we don't want it in here. It's not very complicated, but we do that because we want to focus on God's Word. I'll tell you, that's why we typically preach through books of the Bible, because we want the whole counsel of God's Word, every verse. So we preach through every verse in a book called Luke. Why? Because we want to focus on God's Word here. It's important that we do. And we're going to head into Acts next week. We'll share some other content as well, but it is my intent that we just preach through the New Testament, because I'm sure as we do that, as we focus on God's Word, we're raising a sail to be a part of His kingdom movement. But there's another sale. The next one is that we multiply extraordinary prayer. We multiply extraordinary prayer. I want you to know, prayer is the real work. And I'll say this, as we've increased our prayer here, the more I feel like I just sit back and watch God do what he does, and I'm just like, I had nothing to do with that. And guess what, that's awesome. May we have nothing to do with anything because we're sure to mess it up. So Jesus, we pray, you do it, we'll watch it happen. Prayer is the foundation for kingdom movements. I'll say this, if prayer is not vital for our church, then our church is not vital. If we can accomplish our mission without prayer, then our mission is insufficient and our church is irrelevant. If what we can do without prayer, all we're gonna get is human-sized results. But I don't know about you, I want God-sized results. And that only happens through prayer, only through prayer. For us to prepare for a movement, we've gotta be people of prayer. We have to be. That's why we've got prayer on Sunday mornings in the prayer room. Have you jumped in there? We've got prayer first Friday of the month, 6.30 to 10.30. You may not come for the whole thing, but could you come for part of it? We must multiply extraordinary prayer in order to prepare for a movement. What's the third sale? The third sale is we cast vision. We need to understand what it is that's God's heart. It's what we're doing today. And so what we're going to do is we continue to work through God's word. Because as you work through God's word, you find his big dream. We've talked about it. Every nation, tribe, people, and language, one day around the throne, this book casts vision, big vision, vision we can't do without God's help. What's the fourth sale? We train believers to go out amongst the lost. This is what the church is for. You'll find that in the New Testament. They were training believers. That's what they did. So that's what our everyday disciple maker groups were doing last fall. We asked 50 people to go through that training so that we can figure out, okay, you 50, like you're our experiment. We're going to figure out how can we lead a whole congregation in everyday disciple-making. And we're going to relaunch those groups in the fall of 2022. We're just going to slowly work through this process of, Lord, help us live whole, help us live like you, but also help us go out and tell others how to live that way too. So we're going to do that. And as we train believers, this leads us to our next sale, we actually then go out amongst the lost. It doesn't do a whole lot of good if we're trained up but not sent out. So we've got to go out and share the good news that once you've experienced the gospel and you're living in the gospel, you go and share the gospel. And as we go out amongst the lost, then we raise our next sale, which is we see groups start. As we enter into that space, as we're trained in going out, Jesus raises up disciples. He leads us to persons of peace that have a heart for the gospel. They share it with others and groups start. And they start to learn how to live whole and, and live like Jesus so that they can share his good news too. And then the last thing we find, as we see those groups start, is we engage in ongoing coaching or mentoring. That's what mentoring is. This is why mentoring is so important that we have to learn how to mentor others as part of raising sales to be prepared and to enter into God's kingdom movements. I'm telling you, we can be part of the next great awakening by preparing for a movement, by living whole, living Jesus, and living Sent. And I'll say that this that's actually the definition of extraordinary living. You're living an extraordinary life if you're living whole. You're living an extraordinary life if you're living like Jesus. And you're living an extraordinary life if you're living sent and telling others about it too. Why? Because you just get to watch God do extraordinary things. You just do. But now at the same time as we're intentional to see a movement happen in our area, part of what we have to do is make sure to go after those with limited access, the isolated people in our area. And they exist in every community. And what we have found in movements is that they can be described, because this is kind of common around the world, they use the acronym PIPSY to describe who those people are. People who are affected by poverty. People who are international in your community. People who are affected by prison. People who are sick. That these people in our community actually have limited access in our area and in most areas. And I'll say this, there's probably more than those on that list who are isolated in our area who have limited access to the gospel. So we wanna make sure that we're intentional at reaching those groups of people. Because as we talk about disciple-making, here's what's important to define. Disciple-making is not a call for others to come to us to hear the gospel, the good news, but a command for us to go to others to share the gospel. That's what disciple-making is. We have to experience the gospel, to live in it, and to go and share it. Now to help us do this, as we want to be intentional about reaching these people, as we went through that training in the fall with about 50 people, we asked, would some of you be interested in serving on teams to help us target these individuals in our community? And many of them said, yes, we'd love to do that. So I've asked the leaders of those groups if we could pray over them this morning as a part of our service time. So can we welcome those leaders as they come this morning? As they're coming, as we talk about intentionally reaching out to those in our community with limited access. Part of the reason we want to do that is because in joining God's kingdom movement, part of what we have found in movements around the world is as you reach those people with intentionality, oftentimes movements start there and then they spread from there. So we want to go ahead and say, how do we figure out how to reach people like this in our community? So as you look at the individuals up here, so Dan and Stacey Gaines, they're committed to uh, having a team of people. How do we figure out a way to reach the people who are international in our community? In case you're unaware, there's a lot of international people in our community. God has sent a lot of people to us. The question is, what are we doing with them? So may we share the gospel with them because then they can take movements back to their lands as they go. So we have that, and then we have Jim and Robin Walsh and Mick and Deanne Dalton, Steve and Susan Johnson, who are uh, leading teams who are committed to reaching those who are affected by poverty in our area. And, and thankfully, we've got many wonderful organizations in our community already doing wonderful work, so we're trying to figure out, could we be a part of what they're doing to see God lead to movement here? And then Amy, on the end, is, is leading a team that's going out to, to reach those affected by prison. So I share this with you to say, these teams, think about the, the gospel admonition. Jesus talks about the church only a couple of times, and in Matthew, one of the times he says, and my church will, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates are defensive structures. So they are going and storming the gates of hell. Praise Jesus. And what does it say? They won't prevail. So they go bringing light to dark places. So what I would just ask is that we'll give you an update on what's happening with these teams in the fall, but all I want us to do this morning is to pray for them. And here's the other thing I would ask. We need people praying for these teams, intercessors, So if God would put that on your heart to serve in that way, please come talk to me because we need intercessors that are interceding for these teams as they go to dispel darkness in our area. God, we just pray right now for each and every one of these teams that are committed to going to dark places, that are committed to storming the very gates of hell. Jesus, this is a shift in what we're doing to say, Lord, we're going to go after it. We're going to go to those with restricted access, with least access in our area. To be able to bring the gospel to those affected by poverty. To bring your good news to internationals in our community. To bring the good news to people who are sick. Lord, to be able to bring your good news, your gospel to people affected by prison. So God, I just pray that you would be with each and every one of these team leaders. Be with each and every one of these teams as they just really right now begin to pray and ask you, Lord, how do we do this? Because we want your instructions. And so Lord, I pray that you would give them your wisdom. May they have God-listening hearts to hear from you as they step out and help us to start making a difference in greater ways in the community in which we live. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And can we thank them as, as they serve? So to be a part of the next great awakening, we must join God's movement by learning how to live sent. And to be part of that great awakening, we've got to join God's movement by being one in 500. My encouragement, here's my challenge to you this morning, is be one in 500. So we've got teams forming to help us figure out how we can reach isolated people in our area, but that doesn't mean we don't all have a place in God's kingdom movement. Everyone in this room is meant to be a part of God's movement in the world. And so I'm going to ask the floor host to come. They've got papers to pass out to you to say, well, what does that look like? What is one in 500 even referring to? What our heart is, is we're going after this desire to be ready for what God wants to do. We want to raise those seven sails for movement, and everyone is invited to be a part of that. So as you're looking over that flyer, I'll talk through it up on the screen. There's two different tracks that we have. So this comes from, if you remember the uh, Extraordinary Life Pathway, this is that. But this is more specifically to where we're going over the next few years, but really things haven't changed. It's what we started talking about last fall. So what this leads to, so no matter if you've done mentoring or not, because we've got two different pathways depending on if you've done mentoring, but if you've done mentoring or not, the first place we start is next year we walk through Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Connect groups together. And then from there, then things are a little bit different. If you've already done mentoring, we would just encourage you, gather together with a group of a couple of other individuals, we'll give you information on how to do that. Jump into Live Jesus Mentoring together because we really do want to shine Jesus. That's meant to be the outgrowth of mentoring. And then after you've done that, if you've done mentoring, then you enter into the next year, as we relaunch those everyday disciple maker groups, you get equipped as an everyday disciple maker. But maybe you're here today, maybe you're new to Connection Point Church, or maybe you've been here for a while but haven't fully engaged with all that's happening here, well then you're on the other side here, to say that we would still all go through emotionally healthy connect groups together. And after that, then if you're not currently a member of the church, feel free to sign up as a mentor and sign up for our membership class. That's to say, I want to live on mission with you. So then go through the membership class one semester and then go through Naturally Supernatural because you're meant to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. After year two, then you go to the next year of good and beautiful groups where you get to learn about our our good and beautiful God and how we live in this good and beautiful community to help you understand the value of living, living in a mentoring relationship. And then you jump into mentoring in those everyday disciple maker groups. Some of you might sit back to say, well, that's five years. And what I would put before you this morning is a lot of you have probably been in the church for 10, 20, 30 years. So why don't we just commit the next several to be intentional about the way that we're pouring into you and equipping you for God's purposes in our area. Amen. The timing doesn't matter. And this is the thing. We're not in a hurry. We just want to make sure that we're going after God's movement here. That's it. We're not in a hurry. We're going to get to go on this wonderful journey together. As we get to the end, we're going to give opportunity for people to respond, to say, I want to be one in 500 Who's committing to be a part of a a kingdom movement in our area. But before we do that, as we ended up last service, one of the gentlemen that came up has been a part of the church for a lot of years, and and he came up and was talking with one of the other members of the church, and he said, you know, to be honest, I don't know a lot about this movement. All I know is I want to be a part. And that's the whole point. What you just need to hear from the Lord this morning is to say, you know what? This is right, and I know I need to press in and be a part of that. So as we make a commitment at the end here, Which is just going to be by way of us coming to the front as we close in song to say, you know what, we're linking arms together because we want to join God's movement. And I really don't want it to be some kind of emotional response, I want it to be you hearing from the Lord to say, I know this is right and I know I should be pressing into this. May you arrive at that place. But maybe you're wondering, why are we talking about being one in 500? And it's because there's 150,000 people in the greater Lafayette area who don't have a saving relationship with Jesus. So what does 500 people have to do with that? A lot, actually. And I've shared this before, if you've been here for years, about what God can do, because the commitment we're making and how we want to equip you is that you have the capacity to reach one person every year until Jesus comes. Because we know that Jesus will come when we've done our part. We find in Matthew twenty-four, fourteen. it says, the good news of the kingdom shall be preached, all shall hear, and then Jesus comes. So if we collectively commit to reaching one every year until Jesus comes, that's how this gets done. And so what does that look like? If you've got 500 people, and why would we just say one? I'll tell you, I could equip you in, in five, 10 minutes to go out and pray some prayer with somebody to make a decision to follow Jesus, but that's really not the point. The point is someone makes a decision and they're poured into to the level where they can reach someone else the next year themselves. That's the point. That's the level of discipleship we're going after. And so then what happens as somebody makes, 500 people make that commitment. So we're saying in, in the next five years, our heart is to commit you, our commitment as we'll equip you for this purpose. The question is, will you be a part of that? Because in five years, if people are ready and there's 500, so now <clears throat> I told you I used to be a math teacher and I, I'm not t- taking you to trigonometry this morning. I'm not doing calculus today. This is like first grade math, folks. So if you're in this room, you can do this math with me. What does 500 people turn into in year two if everybody reaches one? Oh, come on. A thousand, what happens to year two? This is very easy math. Next year. Keep going. Where do we keep going? This is, you guys are geniuses. (laughs) You know your maths. All right, next one. Where do we go? Keep going. And then? How many lost people are in our area? What did I say? 150,000. And I know if you're anything like me, so I'll tell you, I'm a skeptic at heart. That's why I like the gospel of Luke. I really look at things and I want to know that they're true. And so when I look at a chart like this and feel like, well, that's audacious, that's crazy. If we could have done that, why isn't it already done? And I would say it's just the Lord's timing is his. He knows when he wants things to be accomplished and done. And if you look at what God's doing in the world today, and thankfully because of our work overseas, we get to see what God's doing all over the world today. God is on the move. We simply have to raise the sails to catch the winds of that movement. And what could he do in this area within 15 years of us saying today, I want to be an everyday disciple maker. I want to be one in 500. That in five years you say, I know that as I get to 2025, I can reach one person this year and pour into them where they could reach somebody the next year. And I'll I'll tell you this as I look at that chart. Here's the reason I have faith for this, because before Shelly and I ever came here, we were living and working overseas, and we got to see God do a wonderful kingdom movement in the Middle East. Ross came and shared last year in September, and it took me until this year to get him here. God, again, he knows the timing of all things. He knew what we needed to hear and when we needed to hear it. So Ross was here, the guy that we worked with as we were in the Middle East, talking about God's kingdom movement in the Middle East today. And I'll tell you, part of the struggle for Shelly and I in coming here is we started to see this movement unfold. So in the last year that we were there, we got to see what was a dozen believers become several hundred believers. By the next year, it was 500. By the end of the next year, it was several thousand. And so we knew that that was happening. And so then, as God asked us to come here, we were struggling with that to say, well, God, why do you want us to come here when we see what's happening there? And the answer is because he wants us to see what's possible when, he, when we have the right conditions for movement to happen that I know what we got to see there, God wants to do here. The question is, will we enter into that space? That's it. So he gave me the faith to see what only he could do. But God also knows I am a skeptic at heart. So then he decides to give me two other people in my life last year to affirm, this is what we're doing. So as Ross came and shared, one of the things that he shared for that movement, two things that I really believe has helped make that movement happen. Number one, as I shared last week, Ish-Isa. They're committed to live Jesus. But number two, every one of those people in that movement is committed to reaching one a year every year. And we had started talking about that last year as church staff. So that's what they were sharing. And then last November, we had Joseph here, who's the area director for India. What I actually did not know is he had been living in Laos and been a part of a kingdom movement there. I didn't know anything about that. So he's sharing in the lunchtime conversation. And as he's sharing, he, he begins to share that, you know, and every one of the people in this movement that God's doing in Laos today— They've all made this commitment. He said something in Lao. I didn't know what he said. So I said, what does that mean in English? He said, everyone in that movement is committed to reaching one every year for the rest of their lives. And I just laughed. I thought, well, of course. So now I've got two men, two different parts of the world, two movements that are happening. Both, in, both movements are committed to reaching one every year. And we knew that this is what we were going to talk about with the Great Awakening series. And so then, again, I'm a skeptic, so God says, and, and by the way, I've got one more. And so he actually kick-started the year for me this way, and then he brought these two other guys here. Last July, we had a missions weekend with Chris and Carol Martin. Chris and Carol uh, live in, in Morocco. They operate there, and they run an international church in Casablanca. And they had a couple that had been going to the church in Casablanca, and because they knew that Chris was coming here this weekend, they happened to be in Indiana because uh, they were on, on furlough where they were taking some time off from overseas work. And so they came to to be a part of the services with Chris. And so they came for first service. And after first service, they met me on Main Street. And as they met me on Main Street, the wife grabbed me and said, I need to tell you something. I said, okay. And so she explained who she was. And and she said, you know, I want you to know that as we were living in Casablanca and now we're in in Central Eurasia, I'd been having two ongoing dreams. And and one of those dreams was about three steeples. And I had seen this picture of three steeples. and, And I didn't know where that was. I thought someday I might see that in England, but I just wasn't sure. She said, but then last night, we were driving through downtown Lafayette to go meet Chris for dinner. And as we were driving, I elbowed my husband and said, They're here. They're here. Those three steeples I've been seeing, they're right here. She said, So I don't know what that's about. She said, But then the other thing that happened is, as we were singing songs in worship and singing these wonderful songs, she said, The other dream I had been having for a while now, as I was in a market where I was shopping, but I could not buy anything. And she said, I had no idea where that was. And as we were singing songs, The Lord brought your main street to mind and said, this is that market where you can walk, but you can't buy anything. She said, so I don't know what's happening here, but what the Lord wants me to tell you is you're about to cross over into something. And she said, to be honest, I'm so excited. I'm ready to leave the mission field and come be a part of whatever's happening here. We discouraged those things. So I said, no, go, go and go and serve Jesus. We've got enough people here. We can do it. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to do something here. He's been laying the groundwork for a lot of years. Which is in no way to say that what's been happening before has not mattered or been relevant. It has absolutely mattered and been relevant. Yeah. But what God wants to do today is what he wants to do today. And the question is, will we jump into it? Yeah. Will we be a part of his kingdom movement? Yeah. And I'm telling you, we can be, join God's movement. How? By living whole, by living Jesus, and living sent. So your invitation this morning is to be one in 500. To be 500 people that say, I want to jump in. And I'll say this, those 500 people need to be children, youth, young adults, adults, every generation. Every generation. Because our community is full of every generation. So to reach every generation, we need every generation mobilized. So as we respond here in a minute, what the invitation is as the music team comes and we close in song, is will you be one in 500 who says, all I'm saying is I want to commit to learn how to reach one every year for the rest of my life or until Jesus comes. That's it. That's it. Our commitment is, we'll equip you. We'll help you be ready for that. The question for you is, do you want to jump in and join kingdoms, God's kingdom movement? Yeah. I want you to understand, you matter so much to God's kingdom, no matter what other messages you've received in your life. Maybe you said that, maybe the messages that would say that you're, you're not enough. God says you're enough. Yeah. And you're going to hear that repeated a lot next year as we talk about wholeness. Yeah. No matter what messages have been spoken over your life, you need to understand this movement doesn't happen without you. There is no mistake that you're in this room this morning. We haven't talked about this in four years, but today is the day. So if you're here, God has a message for you. He wants you to be a part of this. You have gifts that are meant to be released for God's kingdom and used in such a way that we all become fully mature and healthy, it says in Scripture. So where do you find yourself today? Are you ready to respond to God's kingdom movement that he's doing in this area? Because he's doing it. We just get to enter into it. I'll tell you, initially, this card said preparing— For movement. And then the pastors challenged me this week to say, but God's already doing it. Aren't we just joining His movement? Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So that's it. So we're not just preparing for movement, we're just joining God's movement. That today, movement starts. It can start in your hearts if you're willing to enter into that space. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. And as we close in song, as the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart to link arms with others in this room, to say, I want to be a part of what God's doing in the greater Lafayette area in the world. Because he's doing an incredible work. God's on the move. In Narnian language, Aslan is on the move. Are we ready to join them? Are we ready to join that kingdom movement? If you're ready, as they sing, just come down in the front and we're going to sing.